Welcome to a Backyard Ultra podcast. Well, it's the MVP Backyard Ultra this weekend and I am fired up. I thought it would be a good idea to talk all about it, so I brought in last year's top three finishers, Ben Nichols, Matt Doobie and Tim Kaprizak. Here you go. All right. G'day, guys. How are you going? Very well. Thanks, Pat. Good, Pat. Good. Thanks for coming on again. So um, MVP this Friday. So I thought I might as well get the top three from last year on. Um, but none of you are running at it this year, are you? No, no I'm not, no. <laughs> no, no. Was that a uh, tough decision? Did you have to – when was that decision made? Oh, I kind of made that decision when I decided to go over and do Herdies. I thought um, it was probably – Six weeks, six, seven weeks before Herdies was going to be a little bit too tough to recover. Um, last year, it took me a lot longer to recover than what I thought. And um, so, yeah, I kind of decided to go to Herdies instead to see if I could um, to qualify for the Worlds and hoping that all the WA guys kind of turn up. Yeah, because you're on 50 at the moment, so you're probably just a few bars below qualifying for bigs right now aren't you yeah yeah so and i kind of didn't want to leave myself um like i didn't want to leave it all to dead cow gully just in case something went wrong so yeah. i thought i'll have a crack at two this year and um yeah heard he's been one of them and it's a bit of a flatter course as well so but i am going to be at mvp because my son oliver's actually running it so you'll be able to run some loops with him yeah that's awesome that's exciting i reckon that's almost as exciting as running Running yourself, I reckon. Oh yeah, I'm I'm pumped for him. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to see what he does. Yeah. So. yeah. He um he follows me on. He sent me a follow request on Strava the other day too. Yeah, he's um yeah he's getting right into it. He absolutely loves it. Like he's yeah he's pretty enthusiastic and he's so pumped about it. So yeah. I just hope that it all kind of works out well for him. Yeah, yeah. And what about you, Ben? You didn't want to defend your title. Uh yeah, I definitely did want to but um i don't get many chances to do that yeah uh yeah um i'm working obviously at the moment i don't have a heap of annual leave and um seems to be gone are the days where i run races where i only need one day's annual leave yeah and um my son's running uh he's got a state relay championships in melbourne on saturday so it's just all was just yeah too much so, yeah so when you ask when was the decision made i'm sitting here and if everything got cancelled i'd probably still go so, yeah it's just, um, just not going to work yeah fair enough are, are you planning on going to herdies or anything like that or the masters um not at this stage probably most of november and Probably the first half of December, almost a day didn't go by where my wife Camille and I didn't sort of sit down and try and figure out what race we could go to where there would be enough people there to sort of be pretty confident that you could get to the 60 hours just to try and lock in that um, bigs. But yeah, yeah I'm honestly, honestly, it was like 35, 40 days in a row where we were looking at calendars and looking at kids' stuff and work stuff and. Eventually, just sort of said, oh, this is not really um, 
doesn't really feel like this is what running's about. It's getting a bit hard. So just uh, put my faith in the universe and see what happens with the stoke. Yeah. So you, so you think you're probably going to ride the lightning and just see if your 56 gets you to bigs? At the moment, I that is the plan. Uh, I think realistically my best probably result is that I'll be on the wait list. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm I, I think I'm about sixty seventh out of seventy five at the moment. Um and I know there's a couple of Aussies I reckon that are behind me, which one would be Tim and the other one would be Aaron Young who spoke to the other day. I reckon they'll probably go above me at some point before August. And then there's the Masters in Germany, which uh, I know the guy that that's organising that is talking that up to be a pretty good field. So I think, yeah, it's pretty likely that I'll get pushed down those seven places, but mm. the places where it is. But, um, yeah, you know, family and work and, yeah, yeah, life finds a way to get in the way. Yeah. Sorry, Ben? But, yeah, I would definitely love to go. It's definitely, you know, it would be yeah. a huge thing. So, yeah. Come so later in the year, if there's a chance, maybe I'll, maybe I'll jump on and, and just try and wing it. Yeah. So if you do make the list, of, you'll, you'll go, basically? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah cool. Um, how are you going, Matt? Yeah, good, good. Um, I can, um, yeah, help you out, Tim. Yeah, two, two backyarders in six weeks. That, that will be very tough because I, uh, I paid for it last year. So... Um, I think you're making the right decision to hold off on MVP to, to really prioritise Hurdies. Um, and I think um, I actually just not spoke to, I was messaging Ben Hurst today actually because I thought he might be going MVP and I wanted to find out for sure. And he's done the exact same thing. He's um, he's going to go to Hurdies. Um, so it should be a good good list of interstate people there. Um, so yeah, good luck to you. <laughs> yeah, um, as for me, now I would I would absolutely love to be back at MVP. I um, MVP is very important to me. It was my my first ever ultra marathon and my first ever backyarder. Um, and if I wasn't sort of unfit and just getting back to, to fitness now, I'd, I'd I'd definitely be doing it. Um, but. I've um I've really battled with getting my knee back into into shape post Christmas and post October, um, and I'm just sort of turning the corner now. Um, but uh, MVP is obviously out of the question. But um, I'll definitely be there. You know that, Pato. Um, I'll be crewing or just I'll be there to support anyone in the in the pit lane, um, including you, Pato. You know I, I know you. Um, you want to get to that 100 mile mark so i'll be there with you the whole time yeah, awesome. um, and you know there's, there's a couple of other people that i know that are going to be there I'll, um, I'll be supporting them as well um so it should be great and now that you're going to be there timmy it'll be fantastic to see your your son there that'll be absolutely fantastic mm. yeah. um so if you guys put the feelers out and heard of anyone else you who you know is going to be there for sure um, oh, no, I, I'm a bit Brett and and just just find out, but uh, Brett's the race director, obviously. But no, no, I didn't. 
Mm. It'd be good uh, to see. It'd be good. Yeah, it'd be good to see someone um, kind of that we don't know come through and uh, have a good old crack at it. I'd like to see the record go, and just kind of entices you even more to want to go back next year. Yeah, but the weather last week, last year, was a lot hotter than his forecast for this week. So, it like conditions-wise, it won't be as hard as far as heat goes. It still, it still looks a bit windy though. It looks windy and a bit cold, and maybe even wet. And yeah, that, that that throws up its own challenges. Hmm. The Saturday is still twenty three and sunny though. I mean, if you get a sunny day, it's 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 hard. I reckon hard in the sun. I reckon the um, the hardest thing will be depending on how much rain they get Thursday and Friday. Is when you have those crossings of water on them. So there's a, there's a couple of floodways, and yeah, if, you, if you're getting your feet wet every lap, that's that's going to make a big difference. Yeah. Um, and I saw Tim. You did a few laps around there recently as well. Was was it flooded then, or was it all was? Nah, there... it was perfect. Like it was. Yeah, I took my my son because he wanted to check out the course, and um, we were meant to do three laps, and he was super duper keen. So we ended up doing four. And even after the four, he felt good. He goes, "Oh, I could have done five. I bloody rolled my ankle in a divot after the first lap." So. Um, <laughs> That was good. I'm a bit of a klutz, but um, it was, yeah, the course looked in pretty good condition. And, like, yeah, for what I remember, it actually it wasn't as bad as what um, I remember it, but I don't know how Ben and Matt were doing 48-minute loops at, like, a 30-plus 30 30 hours because that was just great. I'm like, me and Ollie were running it, and I think our best was maybe 40, 40 minutes to 45 minutes, but I'm like, and we were super duper fresh, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm kind of feeling it." And to slow down another, only another three minutes after 40 hours is just insane. Because that hill, it, it's it's big. It's still there. It hasn't shrunk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think yeah. Um, what, what's my favourite, or what I really like about MVP, and I think all of you three sort of have echoed this before. Um, in, in other meetings that we've had, is that MVP is perfect in the way that it tells you exactly when you should be running and when you should be walking. Uh, yeah, there's sure. no question about finding your own pace or, or finding your own rhythm, that the course is perfect at telling you that anyway. Yeah, it definitely felt like that. It, def it didn't feel like um, I, I, I went there thinking... Um, saying to my son, you know, maybe 52, 54 minute, try and stick at those kind of paces. And then we were doing it and I'm, I'm like, no, just walk the hills and see how you go. Just shuffle along and walk the hills. And, yeah, and, it, and actually, like you said, Matt, it, it tells you where you should walk and where you should, you know, run. And it's, it's not as difficult as it sounds when you're looking at, like, 160 metres of elevation. Mm. Um, when you did the practice run the other day, were you like, like finishing a loop, waiting for the hour to come by and yep. then starting again? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so I was trying to get it, see what kind of, what a good time for him to have a rest was. And we actually found that seven minutes was almost the perfect time to rest. Anything beyond that, and we were just twiddling our thumbs. Yeah. Um, I don't know whether he's going to go, like I don't know how deep he's going to go, but he's not going to need to be sleeping or anything like that. So... 
I don't think he's going to be need, need to be sleeping. So, uh, so he doesn't need to do you know 48, 45, 48 minute laps. Um, so keep it to a minimum so you don't cool down too much. Um, because that's what ended up happening. Like even on that first night, I remember six or seven hours in, everyone was running around like like the Tin Man. There's we we're, we're you know doing forty five minute loops, and after fifteen minutes, we couldn't even get going again. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, so Tim, how how old's your son, Tim? Uh, he's fourteen. Oh wow! That's, yeah. Look at the youngest in the field, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was going to. He's probably one of the youngest uh, backyard ultra runners in Australia, I reckon. I'm not sure. We were actually we were talking about that when we were doing the loops. We we're yeah. talking about it. We we're like, oh, I wonder what the what's the world record for a fourteen-year-old? <laughs> I'm like, oh, I don't even look at it. I'm like, don't even. But no, like, yeah, he's he's look, he's super keen. He's right into it. So, um, I'm glad that he's kind of like, yeah. If if it was uh, purely done on enthusiasm, he'd be, you know, he'd hit twenty-four hours, no worries. But um, it'll be interesting to see how it goes, and it'll be just a good experience for him, I think. If he um, enjoys it and wants to take it further, yeah, sure. Um, so, what are some of the memories you've got from last year's race? Like um, anything, anything worth uh, any stories about last year's race you can tell us? Ah, uh, oh, jeez, it's a long time. Remember, Tim for thirty hours straight. I think. <laughs> Don't worry, yeah. uh, I don't know where Ali gets his enthusiasm from. <laughs> oh. oh no, I just look I remember I remember some cool times. Like I remember trying to chase Matt down and me and Ben trying to do faster laps, slower laps, faster laps to see where he was at and then he was running. It was yeah, I I didn't think that Matt was gonna break well, I broke before Matt anyway. Um, but he was um he was Whatever you were doing, Matt, you were doing it perfect because it got I got in more into my own head watching what you were doing in reaction to what I was doing. So, um, and then yeah, in the end, I just yeah, I broke. I had some blistering issues, but like, uh, yeah, it's um, it's funny how uh, early on in the in your kind of backyard careers, you tend to do a lot more, um, you know, trying to outwit the other person until you, I suppose, you find yourself and, and what you want to do it in the event. Um, like nowadays, I'm like, I want to set, this, this is my target and that's what I'm going for. I, do, I don't really look at anyone ever any, now anyway because um, that's the mistake I made that day. I was too busy looking at Matt and not worrying about what I could control. Um, so, yeah, chasing Matt at night, um, lap after lap, that was pretty fun. Yeah. And did you did you know he was doing that, Matt? Oh, look, there, there was definitely a bit of cat and mouse going on because obviously at, at this stage, like I, I know Ben or Tim and Tim and Ben obviously knew each other um, and so they were very much sort of spending a bit more time together. And um, we got to maybe 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. Um, this is Saturday, yeah, so Sunday morning and... Um, my times are really sort of slowing down, just, you know, that that witching hour. And um, my wife said to me, look, you've got to change something up because your, your times are, you know, you're probably dropping a minute every lap at the moment. And, uh, you know, and that's not a good sign. Um, and so I said, well, stuff it. I'll, I'll just start running 
sort of a bit more fearless. And um, for, from that next lap for about the next six or seven laps, I just, you know, I just started running a lot harder um, on the downhill segments. I still walked, obviously, the uphill segments. Um, but all the flats in the downhill, I, I really sort of worked a bit harder. And to be honest, it, it, it felt great because it loosened my whole body up and I was carrying no injuries at the time. And look, to be honest, I thought I was going to win the thing at, at six o'clock in the morning. I really did. When, when, especially when Tim, when Tim pulled out, I thought, oh, Ben, you know, their, their buddies, Ben will probably go a couple more. We'll go to the record, which was 36 at the time. And then we'll shake hands, have a hug and have a drink or something like that. Um, but Ben, Ben was ready to run all day and the heat on Sunday, it just got to me and I wasn't prepared. So in the end, I was, you know, I just wanted to be for it. Um, yeah, I, uh, I could talk a little bit about that. Actually, I remember Matt sort of looking very stoked when Tim pulled out for a bit. <laughs> True. Yeah, he thanked me. He thanked me. I remember. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks. I'm like, ah, damn it. What a pull out. <laughs> so, like, earlier in the race, uh, I don't know, maybe like a 20-hour mark or something, I remember me and Tim, or Tim and I were, were talking you know, sort of about who was in the race. And uh, I was looking at a guy called Ross McLean, who's a, a really handy runner, but more of a track runner, you know, a trail runner. But he's, um, yeah, if you look him up, he's got some good results. And um, there are a couple of other people, and we were talking about it, and then Tim comes back to me at one point. I think he must have run a lap with you, I reckon, Matty. And he came back and he said, that, that other guy, that guy that ran it last year, he's going to be hard to beat. He's, he's, really, he's really into this. I was like, oh, yeah, right. Because I had to sort of, to be honest, like because you were so far in front, I hadn't seen you most of the day. And I just thought, oh, I think this guy's probably going too quick. And, um, you know, this heat will get him. But, yeah, I was wrong there. Um, yeah, that was, was a bit of a surprise. Man. Ross pulled the pin i honestly thought he was a, a really solid chance for a win and he just pulled the pin at 24 or 25 and that just for me opened it right up and it was just me and tim and matt left after that and i know that there were five or six other people but yeah i, I was pretty certain that i knew who the, the final three were going to be at that point and yeah just play that play that just like that and um and Ben, did you have a target in mind, like a, a, a point where you knew you were going to stop, or do you reckon you just would have kept on going until uh, you were the last one standing? Yeah, I thought, completely honestly, um, I thought that the Australian record was not high enough. Right. I thought it was achievable. Yeah. So, and I think that was um, probably why I, I never really mentally struggled because I just kept telling myself every time I thought about quitting I sort of would say to myself well yesterday you thought you're going to run 52 hours and you know we're at 33 yeah. like what you know nothing's changed what's up just hard enough and do another lap um but having said that I actually injured myself about 70 k's in I think it might have been about 67 I remember looking at the watch going down that hill I just popped a muscle in my left shin um, and 
I never did a look at, but it's, it definitely felt like a bit of a tear, like it was a really sharp, sudden pain. And um, I actually, I told Tim about it a few laps later. He goes, "How you going? How you traveling?" I went, "Mate, I, I'm injured. Like I'm genuinely injured. I've done something to the leg." And he goes, "Oh, what have you done?" So I told him what I've done. I said, "It's really sore. I'm a bit worried about it." He goes, "Yeah, but you know it'll go numb." Like, yeah. Yeah, I guess it will, but you know, I think I've hurt myself. He goes, Yeah, you'll be right, sure. He goes, Well, what will Camille say when she gets here? That's my wife. She wasn't there at that point. Um, and I said, Well, to be honest, I think she'll just tell me to harden up. And I, I kept running, and um, yeah, I think it might have been about 36 hours before I told Camille that I hurt my leg, and that's exactly what she said, pretty much. She just said, We've come all this way. Yeah. So um, she didn't, neither of them would let me have an out. So. <laughs> It, and it did go down. It did, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. um, do you have any like MVP specific tips for running the course? Walk the big hill. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've got one. Like, um, obviously, because it's a it's a summer run, so the heat heat plays a, a big part. Um, the gr- great thing about MVP is, you know, you circle back at the, to the start line at least twice every loop. So, you know, sort of making the most of that aid station, I felt, was really good. Even less so about, like, drinking, more about just having something to eat because I found in, in the summer events, when, when, you're at your, when you're in your pit lane, um, like eating and boat and drinking at the same time in the heat, I found that it really sort of stops you for you know really plays with your hunger. So I felt separating drinking and eating by eating during the loop, I found that really helped because you know during especially during the day when it's really hot, you come back to your camp and all you want to do is drink something really cold and cool down. Mm. Um, and yeah, eating food is the last thing on your mind. Um, I don't know about you guys, but that, that's how it plays out for me. And so I, I made a big effort to eat on the loop so that I wouldn't have to eat a lot um, when I was at, at my, you know, at the end of the loop um, and making use of that drinking fountain. Um, that's, yes. you know, that, that little drinking fountain that's, that's on the way. I, I made sure every single loop I took at least you know, a fair bit of water in at the drinking fountain. Yeah. Yeah, I, I tend to, a lot of my nutrition, liquid nutrition, I have a lot of tailwind. So my um, my solid food intake is not huge ever at any event anyway. I don't like too much um, in my belly, but this kind of format, and I think this is not just for MVP, but for any backyard ultra, the... Um, you can actually eat a little bit more. I find that it's a lot easier to digest food, but uh, not obviously not too much. And I think a couple of other people you've had on the podcast as well have mentioned similar things where they'll have their main meals still and then they'll have like snacks in between. I think that's important. Um, I've had a few events where um, not even uh, backyard ultras, but like I've had a like, you know, nice like, toasty and then in the next, like, an hour later, I'm, like, full of beans for the next three or four hours. Um, like, really having, feeling that, that having that to look forward to is always, always really good. 
So I, and I don't think that you get that if you're constantly putting food in. You don't get that. Like it's nice to get that spike, um, but you, I don't feel the calm down either because you, if you're doing something like tailwind or a liquid nutrition, you've always got that sustained energy. But if you have a little bit of food, it just kind of picks you up, but doesn't drop you like it would if you were just eating food and having water. Yeah. Um, that's that's what works for me. Yeah. I've, um, I've actually got a whole nutrition plan ready for this one. I've figured out what I'm going to eat between each loop. and I've, got, I've actually got a water bottle I'm going to take with me for each loop as well, so I'm going to be drinking. Yeah, I'll, do the, I'll do the same. I, I take a, a handheld with 300 ml of tailwind in it because I like to have that kind of sustained thing. You never know, Pato. You might be the, the dark horse to take it out. Right. I, I'm pretty determined. Like, I'm not going to set myself a limit. I'm just going to keep going until I just can't go anymore. And I'm not going to let myself um, just not get out of the seat. Like, if I'm going to stop, it's going to be because I time out. Yeah, yeah that, that's the best way to approach it, like timing it. You, I, I think um, saying, like, I, I never ever say to myself anymore that I'll go until I can go no more because then um, as soon as one little problem comes up, then you make it a bigger problem and then you end, you end up giving yourself a reason. But yeah. if, you're, if your reason, if your out is I'm timing out or if your out is, you know, I'm going to do, you know, 50 hours, then, then you'll work as hard as you can towards that goal. It's almost like even in training, you would find, everyone, I reckon everyone finds this, if you tell yourself you're going to run 30Ks in training, at 25Ks, your, your, your body feels trashed. Right? But if you had told yourself that you're doing 60Ks that day, right, at the same point, you're like, actually, I don't, I don't feel too bad. But by 50 or 55Ks, that's when you feel trashed. It's yeah. almost, it's, a, it's that mental game that you can, you know, that you play with yourself yeah yeah psychological mm. um do you reckon um did you guys sleep on the first night or did you just stay awake the whole time i slept from uh, about five hours in the night. yeah uh, i think um if you don't fall asleep you don't fall asleep but if you don't give yourself a chance then you can't yeah, yeah i yeah. think oh. um, I, I i i try to but, you know, especially the first lap when there's still, you know, 60 people in it all trying to run through the night, um, it, it, it's quite hard, you know. Like, it's exciting. You've just started a, an ultramarathon. Um, I, I find it very I, – I try my hardest. I close my eyes. I lie back in the chair. Um, I try my very hardest, but I don't think I have any success. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm about the same. I reckon the MVP last year, I don't reckon I slept a wink. I – Closed my eyes a lot and tried to meditate. Um, and so I got rest. I'd say I got rest. I didn't get sleep as such. Mm. Um, at, at, the, at, the, um, at the world um, back in October, I reckon I got heaps more sleep then. But then, again, it's, you know, it's just practising. Once you go, you understand that you're going further, then you understand that you're going to need to sleep sooner and stuff like that. So, like, I didn't anticipate going for... 30 hours, you know, at MVP last year. So I kind of thought, oh, well, you know, 30, 40 hours, I can go that whole lot without sleep. I've done that before. So, um, but now it's almost like take it when you can get it. Yeah. Um, so obviously all three of you ran at the um, SAT champs. Did um, did any of you, um, or what did you learn from that one that 
that you're going to use in for future backyard ultras if if you learnt anything. I, what I learned, my biggest thing, what I learned was that I probably had too many distractions. Right. For me personally, um, I like I had a lot of friends and family come, which was amazing um, for the first day, day and a half, two days. But I think that beyond that, if you're trying to prioritize sleep, it's mm -hmm. a lot more difficult to do that. Um, and it's like I love the support. Like I, that's what that's my biggest driver at. at every event that I do, you know, seeing my, my wife and kids and stuff like that. Um, I think Ben did it perfectly. His kids came down. Um, he got to see them um, and spent time with them on that first day. But then um, not having them, them there later, you, you kind of feel like you can focus more on, on what you what, on your needs and what you need to do. And I, I suppose as parents, you kind of, you tend to not do that. In, like if your kids are around, you tend to, you know, Make sure that their needs are taken care of, and yeah, and I think yeah. that that um, it didn't. Yeah, I couldn't prioritize myself and my re my own rest. So I think that that's the biggest lesson that I took away from that. Because aside from that, I had a, I had a pretty good event. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ben. You yeah. Were... Um, probably, Camille and I, I think, are pretty good problem solvers. Um, she's a, a nurse and in ED and. I don't know, we just sort of are good off the bat, but in what took me out of the race was my knee, my left knee just sort of went pop, um, coming down the hill again. And um, other than that, I was going okay. I was starting to, definitely starting to fade. I knew I was getting towards the end of my race, but I think maybe another 10 hours or something was a semi-realistic expectation. And then uh, my knee went pop and I went out on lap 57 and I just couldn't just couldn't run. I tried about 15, 20 times to break into the pop and I was thinking, you know, you've only got to go 59 minutes because everyone from here is going to get you another hour close to the gig. So, you, you know, you don't have to worry about winning. You just have to try and clock up as many more laps as you can. And I just couldn't do it. I couldn't, couldn't get under, I think, like 9 minutes 45. But um, it was like three days later, it just dawned on me. Oh, look, I had tape and bandages, and like, why didn't we tape my knee up? We, did, yeah. we just didn't. It just didn't occur to us. Yeah. And um, so I think what I learned out of that is that potentially, if I was going to do something like that again, especially if it was such an important event, is to write down a list of things that could go wrong, things that I know have gone wrong in the past, and just solutions, and just have it sticking on the side of the tent or something like that, somewhere where it's visible. You don't have to pull it out and look at it or go looking for it. You might see it every time you walk out of the tent. And it just would have been a reminder that you've got a heap of tape about yeah. you trying to open <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't have to go much faster. <laughs> so, yeah, that was a disappointment mm. when I realised that. We hadn't done anything about my knee, just sent me back out there. So. Yeah. Because you were probably both pretty tired and you just couldn't. Oh, yeah, exactly, yeah. Because yeah. it was just the two of us and Camille had, you know, I was sleeping three minutes a lap and she was sleeping, you know, 15 to 18 minutes a lap. Yeah. You know, 55 hours in, we were both just shattered. Yeah. So, and yeah, just not thinking. <laughs> um, what about you, Matt? Yeah, definitely a couple of things, you know. Um, um, you know, the... The satellite event was definitely a, 
a huge celebration and success for, for Tim and Ben, but obviously less so for me because I was clearly, um, you know, it wasn't my best race. And, and the reality is I was, I was overcooked when, when, I, when I got to the start line. Um, you guys know I did, a, did an event just five weeks prior and I just never recovered. And so the, the thing I learned is obviously um, you, you just got to sort of look after your body and, and to do, you know, if you're entering such a big race and, and such a big, you know, long, potentially long events with uh, huge, huge miles, um, if, you're, if you're mentally checked out and physically, you know, overcooked, um, you're going to struggle <laughs> uh, because I was, yeah, I, I was, I was shot pretty early on, and and you know, uh, you know, I look back at it in hindsight, and I don't regret running at North Vic because obviously, you know, I I met a lot of good people there, and I, you know, and I was lucky enough to win the race, so I don't regret it at all. Um, but I'll always be thinking, you know, what could have been if I was fully fit. Um, but but on a positive note. A really good thing about that event was um, when everyone asks me now, you know, how how was the event? I can say I've now seen something that I didn't think was possible. You know, when I, you know, up well and truly hours and hours and days after I was done, um, and these you know three four guys were still going, um, particularly you know Phil and Phil and Ryan, you know, they they tend to get all the glory, but. Um, the guy that came third, Rob Parsons, you know, I remember watching him run at hour 15 or hour 10 and I thought, oh, he's probably going to be the first one out. You know, he looked, he looked like he was the slowest and didn't look very comfortable. Um, but that guy just kept on going and going and going yeah. and it was unbelievable to watch him just continuously get to the start line. You know, everyone mm -hmm. sort of knew that, you know, we all know Phil's story and, and Ryan as well. Um, you know, Ben, obviously, Ben's Ben. <laughs> um, but watching Rob Parsons just sort of grind out hour after hour, it was it was amazing. And um, I've seen things now that I didn't think were possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with Rob. Was the, like the, Rob's the story out of that race. Rob, I mean, Rob was the MVP. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and from what I, I wasn't there when he dropped out, but from what I hear, it looks like um, Rob, he could have kept on going too. It was more of a, it was more mentally finished than physically finished from what I hear anyway. Yeah, I think I did hear something similar about that. Mm. Um, so Matt, have you got any um, more backyard ultras planned? This yeah, year? Def definitely. Um, all roads for me at this point will lead back to North Vic. Um, I've already confirmed with Robbie, um, who's going to be at. Robbie is the director of North Vic Backyard Ultras, and he's actually going to be at MVP. He's going to yeah. be racing his first uh, backyarder. Yeah, um, so I've already committed to him that I'll come back. And try and try and win again. Uh, well, I'll give it my best, and I'll I'll make sure I'm 100% fit for the race. Yeah. Um, so that's definitely my next race, and then um, there's no doubt that I have to come back to MVP. Um, you know, after coming a third, getting an assist as well. Um, I 
yeah, I, I couldn't possibly not come back in 2024. That'll that'll be that'll be my first race in 2024 for sure. Yeah, and did um did entering the Masters or or anything like that cross your mind at all, or not really? Oh uh, yes, um, yes, but, but no as well. Like I'm, I'm very happy here in Victoria. Yeah. Um, I, I don't look. I ninety nine percent of all my runs are out my out my front door. I don't need to travel to get satisfaction with, with my races. And, and nothing against people that do, obviously. But I'm, I'm I've still got a lot of things to tick off in Victoria before I feel like travelling. Um, if, if I have successful events at, at North Vic and and MVP, then of course I'll think about travelling up north. Um, but until then, I'm happy to focus on some unfinished business in Victoria. Yeah, fair enough. And um, Ben, from what I see, you're pretty. Um, your main focus, well, another one of your main focuses, is down under one three five. Is that right? Uh, yep. Yeah. So that was another part of. Um, just letting go of the qualification, the big thing for the moment. Just it was just too much of a distraction. Down under is obviously not something you can do half-heartedly. Um, and yeah, I, so yeah, I, I'm very keen to give that a good crack. But um, for anyone who's listening, who thinks that it might, I might be worth following on the day. Uh, I'm not expecting to finish. Can't say that. Uh, I want to finish. Don't worry. It'll be uh, yeah. It would be almost up there with representing Australia. But uh, yeah, man, it seems crazy. Yeah, just just run yeah, the, the whole way, man. Yeah, well, I can't. I've I've run with Tom plenty of times. So I <laughs> and Tim, like I've run with Tom and Tim plenty of times. And I run with Tim in the mountains, and I'm well aware that I need to run a different race than Tim. So uh, I I am a I'm the tortoise, and he's the hare. That's for sure. Yeah, um, so you catch me every time. No, no, that's only if I make it to the finish line. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's definitely my focus. And um, and yeah, like I said, Neil and I talked about it a lot. We were very close to pulling the trigger on Herdies. We're from WA. We've got family just north of Perth, and mm. yeah, we would have had babysitters for the kids and everything. But it just is really bad date for us. Right. And um, yeah, I've talked to Timothy Walsh about the Masters and talked to Sean Kaisler about a few things. And short answer is I don't know. Yeah, fair enough. And, and so, because you guys have ridden in, um, have run the Sat Champs and you've got such high numbers, like, do you, do you get like offers to run at places like the race directors ring you up and say, oh, do you want to run at my event and stuff like that? Or. Is it just like you have to make the approach? A little bit, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I already knew Sean before the SAP chance. I volunteered at Unreasonable East last year and um, just been in contact with him a few times in the past, so that was a no problem. But yeah, and I, obviously, I met Timothy at the SAP chance, so yeah, it was sort of um, already. In contact with those guys, it's not like they just come out of the blue. Yeah, I, I think it's a pretty good approach. Um, if you want uh, your event to go far, to approach people that have gone gone further, and yeah, it helps a lot. Like 
um, you know, a couple hundred dollar race entry when you're if you're going to fly over to an event. Um, it does help every every couple like everyone's you know everyone works. We're not professional athletes getting sponsorships. So um, when a race director does offer a free free entry, it's actually it's quite nice and um, so yeah, it does make it a little bit easier to uh, to get over there and do things. Yeah, um, Tim. One of the things that I noticed when um, when you finished at the Sat Champs was like you were having really bad hallucinations. That was the that was the word on the street anyway. So, like, can you tell us about what yeah. the hallucinations are like? Uh, I like I, I I think going out on my second last or well, last loop that I actually finished, um, I'd hurt the, my knee and I'd thought, oh man, my ITB's gone. But I managed to shuffle and I'm like, okay, if I can keep this pace like this and it doesn't hurt, I'll be okay. Maybe it's not my ITB, maybe it's something else. So I kept on running and then I just, I think that that was like the one thing that just kind of, because mentally I felt like I was pretty strong up until that point. But then I started to see things like it was, um, yeah, it was pretty crazy. Even earlier on, like I was, my daughter was sitting there watching me and I was picking at the grass and she was asking me what I was doing. And I'm like, oh, picking up, trying to pick up the keys. I'm trying to pick up the keys. And she's like, Dad, there's no keys there. Like, so I was picking up, felt like there was bunches of keys everywhere on the, gra- on the grass. So that was during the day. But then, yeah, so that night it kind of intensified. And um, like at one moment I was coming back on the loop and I couldn't even keep a straight line running. I was all over the road and I'm like, oh, this is not great. And then I'd actually stopped and I'm like, I'm like, where am I? Like, how could I have taken a turn, like a wrong turn? It was an out and back road and I thought I'd taken the wrong turn. And then I've kind of come around the bend where you can kind of stick down the hill and someone had turned their, must have turned their flashlights on and the fog had rolled in and it had it looked like there was like a giant UFO about to take off. And the road led to the doors of the the front of the UFO where the lights were. And that was the middle of the road. And it just freaked me out. I walked really slowly until like because I knew it wasn't real, but my vision couldn't, I just my eyes just couldn't focus on what they needed to focus to piece together that that was fog, that was a car, this is a hill. Everything had just kind of morphed into this UFO and um and that's when I kind of come in and I'm like oh this is just too intense um and then I, I was saying to my crew I'm like I can't go back out I cannot go back out I'm seeing UFOs and they're like no you gotta go back out you gotta be yelling at me to get back out um and then I went back out <laughs> and then I just I come back with my tail between my legs I'm like no nah, I'm done <laughs> but but even then when I was done they were kind of holding me and I was looking down at the ground and it was like the whole ground was covered in old antiques. Like if you go to like an old flea market or something like that where people have got antiques on like the rugs set up everywhere and I was trying to avoid them when I was walking and they didn't know what I was doing and I'm like, oh, I don't want to step on these on all these, these antiques. And I'm like, they were just everywhere. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that was probably the most intense hallucinations that I had at house. Yeah, at that event. But, um, but even Ben came up to it at one stage um, with like a couple laps before that. And he's he's like, I'm seeing all, like I'm seeing cards, like playing cards and all this other stuff. And I'm like, oh man, don't talk to me. I'm having my own trouble. 
yeah, I was, yeah, I was um, having some yeah, deep hallucinations. But I've had pretty bad hallucinations before um, that I've been able to deal with um, and just kind of manage. And, and they're, just, they're, they're just visual things that I can see and I can kind of move past it and it's all okay. Even like um, uh, like sound, the sounds and stuff, like little kids talking or just whispers and things like that I've had as well. But you can move past all that as long as you're um, – not like i'd almost lost all all sense of like what i was doing so that's why yeah in the end that that's what did me in in that if any in the end i like the sun just didn't come up fast enough i reckon if the sun was coming up another hour i probably i might have made it to date and things might have changed for me but yeah yeah. so and i think it was that was just a lack of sleep being tired and, and not resting like the other competitors did but when I spoke to Ryan, he was saying like he reached a stage where he didn't even know he was in a race anymore. He was like out there running and he didn't even know why. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, it's almost like if you have like if yeah, like Ryan meditates. Like I've meditated in the past as well, and and on and off now. And um, you almost when you meditate, you can almost get yourself to a point where you actually and you open your eyes. And you're like, oh, oh, I'm here. You know, so it's almost like that state, and I think that that's where you go when you're really depleted and really tired. That um, your mind kind of shuts off a bit. Yeah. Um, so, Matt, and do you have hallucinations as well? Uh, oh, I didn't. Not at the satellite champ. So I wasn't in a race long enough for that. Yeah. Um, but um, my the only thing is. I think my first year at MVP, so going back a couple of years now, um, my first time running through a second night was the first time that I'd ever sort of started to hallucinate. Um, I just just the the darkness and you know, the torch just focusing on one little spot on the road, and then you're just running to that spot. Um, that really played with me, and um, before you know it, you sort of, if you blink, you know, and, and you, and, and every bit of light looks exactly the same, and, and before you know it, you sort of lose orientation, and you, and you don't know where you are. Yeah, um, and that's probably the only time that I've really sort of questioned, like, hang on, have I have I lost all sense of reality here because yeah. I, I no longer know what I'm doing? But but um, but <laughs> since since then. Um, the other events that I've done, I haven't been too bad. I haven't been too bad. Mm. And um, so it sounds like you were hallucinating pretty bad, Ben, at such time. Uh, no, not, not running. Um, when I was trying to sleep about, mm-hmm. obviously Tim was still in it, so I have a feeling it was about 49 or 50-ish hours. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I, yeah, you'd uh, just come into the you'd just come into the um the corral when you said it to me like the look like you'd, like you'd seen a ghost. <laughs> I, I was I was kicking back in my chair because I, I would just come in, eat, drink, and then fold the chair back, put my headphones in, and and go to sleep. And I closed my eyes, and everyone would have seen a scene like this in a movie somewhere, you know, where they're trying to brainwash someone, and all the they just flash all those images up in front of them as like a nuclear explosion and. All sorts of stuff comes up. Anyway, but I was, it was just like that, like just almost like a television screen right in the middle of my vision when, when I had my eyes closed. And it was, but it was like fruit and a pair, and a pair of scissors and 
a teddy bear. <laughs> <laughs> but, and they were just like flashing up really quick and it made it impossible to sleep. There was snow going to sleep, but there was also this sort of battle going on in the back of my mind. I was freaking out. I'm not going to get any sleep. Like, shit, I'm not going to get any sleep if this keeps going on. And then there was another part of my brain that was like, oh, this is really cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was, um, yeah, I've never had anything like that. But And then I'd open my eyes and it would just go away. It was just every time I closed my eyes, lying in the, bed, in the chair. So. But then I, yeah, out running, um, I don't think I really had anything. There was at some point um, I had a walk point because it was so flat for most of that course. I had a walk point between a roadwork sign and a driveway, and it was the long, my longest walk. I think it was like three or 400 metres, and I looked forward to it on every single lap. And then at some point in like a weird time of the morning, the roadwork sign disappeared. Uh-huh. And it just it was dark, and I'm looking for this walk point, and it was just gone. And then I could not. All of a sudden, I was, I was on a, a dead straight, gravel road up and back and I was literally lost. I didn't know if I was two Ks in because I don't I don't record my lap distance. I didn't know if I was two Ks in, I didn't know if I was five Ks in. I had no idea where I was. So that yeah. was the most confused I got. And that was for a few laps. It wasn't until the sun came up that I realised, oh the sign's gone. That's why I can't find it. It's not here anymore. But um yeah, that was that was bizarre to be out on a six K up and back and not know where you are. Yeah. It was a bit, I mean, I can imagine like when there's only a few people left, like in the middle of the night when it's dark, it would have been a bit bit scary, like hallucinating and like not knowing where you are kind of thing. You almost, Pavel, what you find with the hallucination, if you haven't had, had experienced them before, um, what you find with hallucinations is that they, they slowly creep up. So it's almost, it just becomes your normal. Like, so for me, like on a, on a second night, I might see like, little birds like a bird or um or a, or a bush be a small animal or something like that so it's almost like it's not a hallucination but it is because it's it's um it could actually be a wallaby or it could be a wombat um but then then they get more they intensify so it's almost like it, it slowly gets worse and worse and worse so by the time it, it's bad you're like oh yeah well yeah i suppose it's bad yeah, you kind of. You, I'm already used to it. I've seen other things, so it doesn't. Um, so it doesn't freak you out as much. And even if it's in the dark, like you've been doing it for so long, and you're like, oh, what else? Like, what else could happen? What else could go wrong? I'm sore on this. I've been trying to tell myself not to stop for the last fifty hours. Anything, you know. Um, I heard like on the, maybe the first or second night there was um, a car like just a. Just a random car stopped in front of the runners and did a started doing burnouts. Did did that happen? Would you remember anything like that happening? Uh, yeah, I, I think I did. Yeah. I wasn't. I remember a car hooned up and down a fair bit yeah. at one point, and um, I do I do think I remember someone saying that they had done a burnout in front of them or something like that. But yeah, it was... the big thing that I remember was. Um, didn't someone knock off the turnaround point and we're all just standing yeah. we're all just standing around looking for it. All of our hands are <laughs> open now. Well, I'll just turn around and start running back. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and then when it got replaced, yeah, we got a branch. It was easily like 
20 metres further than I had been before. Yeah, <laughs> we all just kept running, hoping to see a, a little witch's hat type thing that we, or, or the light that we turned around at, and it just never came. And then we just all sort of looked at each other and we're like, well, we better make one then, you know? Uh, and then we just guessed and there you go. I remember... Um... At the start of one of the loops shortly after that was gone, like Peter Clark, the race director, like announced the the whatever they are, the stop signs were stolen by some bogans. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I think just to make just to be safe, they put the new ones up further away just so that no one can say that they've been moved closer. But oh, <laughs> Forty meters every lap that really got to me. <laughs> um, so Tim, last time we spoke as well, like I mentioned that it looks like this year was like your best running year, and since then you did just fifty hours at the Sat Champs, and then you also came third at the Coast to Cozzie. So you've absolutely had a smasher. Yeah, that was. I, I um I pushed one event probably too many. I reckon I was pretty cooked after the coast coast cozy my last probably 25 k's the coast cozy was the most uh draining and physically demanding that i've i've ever experienced it was so hard and i think that it was yeah it was, but i'd already committed to that event and um i also wanted to see whether i could back up six weeks after doing the hardest event that i've ever done to do the second hardest event that i've ever done so um and I managed to back up. I finished the event. I was, I was relatively pleased with my time. I was just disappointed that I wasn't as fresh as what I could have been because now after Hurdies, I'm going to try and back up and do Down Under. Oh, yeah. Um, so that's, yeah, that's, and Down Under is probably the hardest event in Australia. And yeah. um, so that's going to be an interesting one, especially if I get what I want to get at Hurdies. I reckon that there won't be too much running in between those two events. There'll be a lot of recovery. Which is pretty much what I did between the stat champs and Coast Cosy. I don't think I had a week over sixty k's, which for me is like I'm like, oh man, I've, I've got to do more k's to have the confidence to do a big event. But that alone just gave me the confidence to go, hang on, I actually don't need to do big k's between events. It's almost like doing you do a preseason a footy, and then you kind of do it. You you turn up every week. You don't have to do a heap of training in between. So yeah. But, yeah, so I'm hoping, yeah, that Herdy's kind of gets me the big number that I need and, um, yeah, recover well to be able to do down under. Yeah. Yeah, I saw the video of you finishing um, Coast to Cozzy and, like, <laughs> you're climbing up the very peak. You yeah. It looks like you're, like, definitely a bit uh, wobbly on your knees, on your legs. Yeah, well, I was throwing it up all the way up, up oh, the hill. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't keep any food down. My heart rate had dropped to like 80 when it should be like 130. Yeah, um, yeah so I was having a lot of trouble. And even when I finished, I was like all groggy on my feet. Um, yeah. I couldn't really keep my balance. Yeah. Um, well, the yeah. Guy, when the guy shook your hand, he was pretty much holding you up. It looked like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, um, yeah, I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't in a good place. I was pretty glad that was over. The last yeah. 50 k's of that race was just insane. But, yeah, it, look, I was glad I did it because I forgot how much I actually enjoy that kind of racing. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Um, so, yeah, well, um, MVP this week. You, you won't be there, Ben, but I guess you'll be following along on the results page. Uh, I'm going to try and get there. Oh, you're going to um, be coming down? Oh, cool. 
Yeah, I'm going to try. Yeah, I'm. I'm supposed. To, I'm working Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I'm working through the whole thing. But uh, if I can't get Saturday off, I'm, I'm still tossing up whether to leave work at um, six thirty on Friday and drive down, <laughs> say hello, drive back again. Oh, awesome. Yeah, so I would love to get there at least. Yeah, that's good. All right. Well, um, thanks for coming on, guys. Um, I'll see you all on the weekend at MVP. Yeah, good luck. Have a good, uh, nice, nice restful week, mate. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, rest up. You've got a hundred miles to go. Minimum. Yeah, yeah. at least. Yeah. Well, yeah. I want to. I want to do more than I want to. I want to go through two nights. That's my yeah. goal. That's oh, cool. You um, if you break the course record, Dave, you can you can invite Ben on to your next podcast. <laughs> That's we'll interview cool. the three of us. Will interview you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good. Uh, nah, all honesty, Pato, I think if you can do two nights, mate, you'll you know you'll be close enough to the pointy end to see the end of it. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, don't, don't, don't 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 you know don't just go there and think I can't win, therefore. I've done enough now and I can stop. Oh, yeah. Look, I mean, doing this podcast as well, like, it's kind of, it's given me a lot of tips, but it's also put a lot of pressure on as well to do well. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take all of that back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's good because it means, like, it will get, it's given me another reason not to drop out. Like, if when it gets hard, like, I'll just keep on going. I, I, don't, want to, I don't want to embarrass myself. No, you'll no, never be Don't worry, Dave. Don't worry about the big numbers that you see, you know, around the country. If you run through two nights at MVP, you'll absolutely be in the final few. Mm, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, cool. All right, well, I can't wait. Thanks for coming on again, guys. No worries, mate. Thank I'll you. see you on uh, Friday night. Yep, sounds yeah. good. See you all. all right. See you. Yes. If you've enjoyed this podcast, it would be awesome if you could share, comment, like, subscribe, all of that. If you've got any feedback, shoot me a message. Hope you have a great day. See ya.